American venture capitalist Chris Dixon once said, the next big thing will start out looking like a toy. An observation he believes sits at the heart of why we frequently discount innovations that, only in hindsight, prove to be instruments of momentous technical and societal change. Much of our initial dismissal is tied to the fact that, in their infancy, many innovative technologies far undershoot, as author and academic Clay Christensen put it, the needs and expectations of users. The first telephones were limited and unreliable. The first Skype calls, 127 years later, were prone to freezing and drop-in connection. It would have been easy to dismiss both technologies as many did, as fanciful toys without long-term value. But as Christensen also observed, the same technologies often tend to improve on a trajectory that far outpaces consumer needs. In 1973, in 1973, the first mobile phones weighed more than 1.8 kilograms and were single-purpose devices. Today, the iPhone weighs about 200 grams, but has 100,000 times more computing power than the Apollo 11 spacecraft and performs hundreds of functions in our day-to-day -day lives. For many of us, it's nearly impossible to imagine life without a smartphone. All of this matters today because we are surrounded by an array of technologies virtual reality headsets, augmented reality technology, gaming platforms, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, non-fungible tokens, virtual goods, and more, that, although currently toy-like, are together leading us to a place called the metaverse. That will literally change the very nature of life on Earth, how we work, play, shop, and more. This podcast is brought to you by Lunio, a brand transformation company that develops timeless brands that grow, even when times change. For those who haven't been keeping up with the news lately, the metaverse has been all the buzz in the last few weeks, following Facebook's announcement to change their name to Meta. And I'm going to try to explain as simply as I can what the metaverse is, and commerce in the metaverse, what it will possibly look like. And so to begin from the very beginning, the term metaverse can be traced back to Neil Stevenson's 1992 science fiction novel, Snow Crash, which is said to have radically altered the perspective of some of the most influential people in modern day society, like the LinkedIn founder, Ray Hoffman. Put as simply as possible, the metaverse is the collective persistent parallel reality created by the stitching together of all virtual worlds to form a universe that we can seamlessly traverse. The keyword here is persistent. Just as the physical world doesn't cease to operate when you go to sleep, the virtual world of the metaverse will similarly continue to evolve and change, even when users are logged off. To think about this even more simply, consider that unlike the internet of today, where each of us is essentially pushing and pulling static information from a server in a largely asynchronous way, the concept of a metaverse will give us the capacity to enter a persistent alternate reality where we can interact in a completely synchronous way with people, places, and things. A world where, for example, thousands of students in Zimbabwe learning about the Chimuranga War can be transported directly into the Battle of Chinoy and observe it firsthand. 
Similarly, we'll be able to pull data and experiences out of the metaverse into the real world, overlaying them virtually onto our physical surroundings. In essence, the metaverse is a parallel reality where we can work, play, and commune. But to be clear, this is not simply a virtual version of the internet we use today. I think rather, the metaverse is what supersedes the present-day internet entirely. While the concept of such a parallel world has been talked about for more than two decades, our collective experience through the pandemic, um, cycling through lockdowns, social distancing, and intense feelings of disconnection and isolation that they produced, has only accelerated our collective imagination around the creation of an alternate reality where one can indeed interact in real time, at any time, with others, potentially thousands or millions of others, and have shared experiences with these people. A world where one can travel without restriction, whenever and wherever they wish. A world where any experience becomes possible and accessible. As we speak, there are already companies that are building the nascent foundations of such a new world. For example, Fortnite, uh, they developed, uh, Fortnite, sorry, was developed by Epic Games in 2017. And it allows players to engage in three different play modes, including a battle royale mode, where up to a hundred players go head to head, and a last person standing free for all. When asked in 2019 if Fortnite was a game or a platform, Epic Games founder Tim Sweeney replied, "Fortnite is a game, but please ask that question again in 12 months." And then, two in 12 months, of course, we witnessed Epic beginning to answer that question by evolving Fortnite to become a world of its own, blurring the lines between real world and virtual experiences. We all remember, or some of us at least, remember Travis Scott when he delivered a five concert series in Fortnite, drawing close to 50 million attendees, and Epic is hardly the only company that sees gaming as a gateway to the metaverse. Amazon's live gaming platform, Twitch, the live streaming platform, boasts more than 140 million unique monthly users, who as a group watched almost 2.2 billion hours of live streamed content in April of this year alone. And brands have taken notice. In the spring of 2020, I'm sure Burberry became the first fashion brand to live stream the debut of its latest collection on Twitch attracting an audience of more than 40,000 viewers. And to think that Amazon doesn't have designs on being the primary retail presence in the metaverse would be extremely naive on our part. Facebook too has clearly bought into the potential of the metaverse as evidenced by its 2014 acquisition of virtual reality headset developer Oculus and more recently by its creation of Facebook Horizon a virtual reality platform currently in closed beta and its current iteration Horizon allows individuals and small groups to interact and engage in a wide variety of experiences. Essentially, it allows users to step into a virtual real-time version of Facebook. Facebook believes that the experiential content landscape in Horizon will be largely developed not by Facebook but by users and organizations as was said by Facebook. Facebook or Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg. The overarching point here is 
that the metaverse will not be developed by any one company or group of individuals, but rather collectively by all of us, individuals, brands, technology companies, government and non-governmental organization, anyone and everyone. While companies like Facebook, Google, Disney and Amazon will all build their unique presence and experiential platforms within the metaverse, all will have to agree on a set of shared protocols for interoperability across domains and accessibility across all device types. Because the true promise of the metaverse can only be realized when each of these worlds, be it Fortnite, Facebook, um, Facebook Horizon, and eventually millions of others are stitched together into a, a universe where we can seamlessly teleport from one world or experience to another in real time. So how does one create economic value within a limitless digital world? In the physical world, the value of an object is governed by a few key dynamics. Among them, that's its authenticity, scarcity, and ownability. Until now, the internet has been, by its very design, fundamentally boundless in dimension and limitless in its supply of digital content. But it's the same limitlessness that has commodified most digital products. After all, the internet was born as a means of file sharing, not of file buying. For example, how much is a highlight video of LeBron James worth? If I simply rip it off from YouTube, not much. After all, there's nothing inherently limited, authentic or unique about it. Anyone can download the same video, but none of us can truly own it. Yet, I think at least one LeBron James highlight video is for sale for more than 230,000 US dollars on NBA Top Shot, a platform that allows fans and investors to buy, sell, and trade officially licensed sports video highlights. For all intents and purposes, there's little difference between the worthless LeBron clip from Google and the $230,000 clip on Top Shot, with, of course, a few important exceptions. Top Shot authenticates every clip and assigns exclusive ownership of this one-of-a-kind assets using blockchain technology. Likewise, by virtue of blockchain, any digital asset, be it art, clothing, a LeBron James photo, or even experiences themselves, can now be authenticated as genuine, verifiably limited, and exclusively ownable. For these reasons, these unique and limited assets, also known as non-fungible tokens, or NFTs, can indeed carry a value. Think about the example of Pokemon cards. The cards themselves have almost no inherent value. It's only the rarity and authenticity of certain cards that drive their value to extraordinary heights. The same key tenets of value can now be applied to digital assets for the first time in history. In fact, um, as I record this, almost half a trillion dollars have changed hands through the sale and purchase of NFTs. Today, most of these is represented by the sale of digital art and collectibles. For example, digital artist Mike Winkleman, who works under the handle Bipple, you should follow him on Instagram, had until recently never received more than $100 for one of his pieces. In late 2020, however, Winkleman sold an NFT of his work for more than $66,000. A few months later, the same piece sold for $6.6 million. And if that weren't enough, in March of 2021, the artist sold a digital collage through Christa's auction house for 
six to nine million dollars. Why is this happening? Because now, using a blockchain ledger, the authenticity, rarity, and rights of exclusive ownership can be conveyed and verified. Already, this, these fundamental economic principles are cascading into other virtual goods, including clothing, collectibles, and even virtual real estate. Platforms like Upland are making it possible to purchase virtual real estate like um, the New York Stock Exchange, for example, which recently sold for $23,000. Who would spend that kind of money on a digital representation of the New York Stock Exchange? Someone who assumes, of course, that as more people invest and prime assets become scarcer, the price of such digital holdings may logically rise. It is simple supply and demand. When it comes to retail, there are those that foresee the creation of shopping venues, stores, and shopping malls, and more of that in the metaverse. I think this is very short-sighted to simply transport industrial-age shopping concepts and conventions to the metaverse will be both unimaginative and ineffective. The creation of the metaverse will allow us to break free from the current industrial form and function of physical stores and move light years beyond even the best digital shopping experiences of today. Why would one create a virtual replica of a Canada goose store when in the metaverse I could potentially shop for a new Canada goose coat from inside an Arctic exploration experience led by champion and Canada goose spokesperson Lance Mackey? There I can gain first-hand contextual knowledge of the garment's technical quality and performance, order it and have it delivered to my real-world home. I can buy my new car in the metaverse, not from a static showroom of cars, but while taking an adrenaline-pumping test drive on the racetrack of my choosing. I can get, a, I can get beauty advice from Miss Lalinda Masi or Jessica Van Heden in my own living room. In a world where any experience is possible, why on earth would we use our industrial era version of retail as a template for the future? Marketers, store designers, merchandisers, and more people in that in the retail industry will have to begin thinking very differently about what a store is. In time, almost all of us will spend time socializing, learning, working, and entertaining ourselves in the metaverse. Some may choose to spend almost all their waking time there, seeing the real world as dull, limited, and inefficient by comparison. With increasing amounts of time spent in the metaverse, the ratio between the virtual and physical positions we own will increase dramatically. I mean, who wants to wear the same virtual outfit to two different virtual parties in the same virtual weekend? As we spend more time in the metaverse, status symbols like the virtual home you own, the virtual clothing and jewelry you wear, or the virtual cosmetics you use will become every bit as important as those same real-world purchases and possessions are today. Brands will capitalize on this demand by creating an ever-growing assortment of virtual products at real-world prices. The sheer amount of time that one can spend in the metaverse is as opposed to the real world may in itself be viewed as a status symbol. No one knows, of course, for certain, but what most experts agree upon is that the metaverse will wow years or even decades off is an inevitable step in the convergence of humanity and technology and an evolutionary melding of reality and virtuality. And while the metaverse may take decades to develop, there will be increasingly sizable investments made now and in the days to come. 
by organizations building that future. Scotty, for example, is a startup that focused that is focused on bringing to life the old first retail marketplace through games and allowing brands to sell and ship direct to game players. Obsess is another startup building CGI environments and experience for major fashion and beauty brands. Look at companies like IKEA. They're already successfully employing augmented reality technology to allow customers to design their spaces using its studio app. Beauty giant L'Oreal has built an entire line of virtual cosmetics. And Gucci even began selling virtual clothing. They launched Gucci Virtual 25 Sneakers, designed by Alessandro, Alessandro Michel, the creative director at Gucci. Each of these things, while limited by the technologies and protocols we use today, is a small step toward the metaverse. Growth will come slowly and incrementally until, as with the case of the internet, enough infrastructure developers and users create a tipping point. Smart brands will buy real virtual estate and hire builders to develop their brand presence and experiences where they will sell both digital and physical products to consumers who split their time between worlds. Laggard brands and organizations will be stuck in the real world and even worse, in the ghetto that the legacy internet will become. I hope you extract the value from our episode today. I hope it gives you a more exciting um, picture of the future and where the metaverse can take us, especially in retailing and the general buying and selling of goods, commerce in the metaverse. And I really hope you enjoyed. If you have any thoughts, any questions, anything you want to talk about, reach out to me on Twitter at Cliff Namachina and we can always have a wonderful discussion. I'm constantly getting amazing feedback from the listeners. We are up to about 200 listeners now and I am very happy. I thank you all for listening to me ramble on about the way I see the world, the way I see businesses, something that I'm very passionate about and I hope to continue making great content. I'm all about quality over quantity and it's only the times that I feel like I can add value into your life, into your business, share wonderful ideas with you that I'll press record. Um, please keep communicating with me. I know since this is a solo podcast, it feels like a lecture, but I want it to be a conversation. Reach out to me. Let's talk, send voice messages, whatever it is, and share ideas. Let's learn together. Let's build together. And if you feel like all of this is horseshit, please call me out. Thank you again for joining me for today. Until next time.